such. So uh, who needs the Savior? You know, if my religion, good works, prayer, Bible reading, baptism, or just plain belief in God could get me to heaven, then why did God send us the Savior? And that quote that I just read came from a friend of mine who texts me a lot, emails me. But uh, his answer, you know, if my religion, if good works, if prayer, if Bible reading, baptism, or just plain belief in God, get me to heaven, then why did God send us the Savior? Because what I've just read is what you hear in a different version on radio, TV, all, all the places. They'll tell you what to do. But Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, you know, talks about for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And that is what it's all about, is do you know him? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And he tells us very clearly here. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. And if you look at that verse and you see what God is is saying, you know, when he said, you know, uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Now, if religion and good works and prayer and Bible reading and baptism, or if that's all you need to get to heaven, if that's going to save you, and what I've tried to explain to my friend, these are some of the evidences that you are saved. But that has no saving power. There's no doubt in my mind that our churches across this nation is filled with lost people, good people, sincere people. But we need to understand that Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden by committing one sin. Just one scene. How many sins does it take to miss heaven? Only take one. We look at people and say, well, we know that he's hell bound because he does, and we list the whole thing and his lifestyle. But he's not saved because he hasn't believed in Jesus, not because. He does this. And on the other hand, I'm not saved because I have, may have good works. I pray. I read my Bible. I've been baptized. I believe that God is the creator. That did not save me either. 
but there's evidences. So well, I hope that this person and that you that can learn something afresh, you know, because God said in the book of James, James chapter 2 and verse 10, you know, the nothing complicated, very simple. But God said in James chapter 2 and verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. I mean, you know, that's strict. And we got to understand that God is a very strict God. He has certain rules. He has certain things that must happen. But uh, here when James said, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, you're guilty of all of them. See, the issue isn't how many sins, but have we ever sinned? And I believe if we would be honest with ourselves, we would admit this morning, even though we're saved, we sin from time to time. And we need to agree with that because God said in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, The key word is so far in what I've read is all. All. Who needs to be saved? All people. Every person that is alive today that is not saved, they need to be saved. First John chapter one and verse eight. You know, these are just scriptures and I'm putting this in the form of a tract going to send it out to the people that I normally do and hopefully that uh, you would uh, pick up some and give them out James chapter 1 I mean not James First John chapter 1 and verse 8 First Epistle, John chapter 1 and verse 8. God says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, if you stop and think about that scripture, matter of fact, every one of the scriptures so far, when God said, for unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Our Savior was born on a particular day. It was in December the 25th. We don't know exactly what day it was, but we do know that he was born. Then James says in James 2.10, For whosoever will keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of law. So if we're depending on our good life, keeping the law to save us or to keep us saved, we're still lost. 
Who has sinned? Romans 3.23, which we looked at, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. In other words, if we are the one, God's going to accept me into heaven because of me, then the scriptures say I fell short. Now, he goes on, our last scripture we used for, we read back and read all of them. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. And I think it's very important that we understand what that scripture is saying. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And I probably used this on all three of my children when they were at home. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. And that's what kids do when they want to drop out of school. They don't want to make good grades. They don't want to be honest. They deceive their own self. But good news is that Jesus came to this earth to pay our sin debt for us. To pay our sin debt for us. Now, when we look at 1 Corinthians, when we look at 1 Corinthians, you know, we see verse chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. God said, for I deliver unto you first of all. Notice that scripture. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received. I can't share something with you if I have not received it. It's not that a lost person can't know more Bible than me or you. They can. But if a lost person has not received Jesus Christ, God said, For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul was telling them, I want to tell you what I have received, and I received Jesus Christ in my life. And you would hopefully, that person would say, how do you know that? Now, that's the key if you're going to witness. If I tell somebody that Jesus Christ died for me and he expects this of me, then I ought to be able to share with that person what I have received. He said, for I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You know, so people say, I just had a lady talk to me a couple weeks ago. She said, you know, I've heard you preach that Good Friday may be a Good Friday, but Christ didn't die on Friday. I said, no, he didn't. Because God's word says he was in the heart of the earth 
three days and three nights. And from Friday to Saturday to Sunday morning is not three days and three nights. So, you know, when we're doing this, you know, Jonah was in the belly of the, of the whale. How many days? What time period? See, verse 4 said that he was buried and that he arose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the whole key is, do we believe the scriptures? You know, that's why that I, not only you as members, my own family, my friends, I'm talking to, to my neighbor this, this week, and they said, you know, I've been in church. I've never heard that. I said, but would you consider what I've just told you if you could find it in the Bible? It's not important what me and you believe. But when you go arguing with somebody and you don't know what the Bible teaches, you'll always lose. Because... God's word is the final word. So, the good news is that Jesus came to this earth to pay our sin debt for us. What did Jesus say? Well, in Mark 1.15, Jesus said, not your mom, your dad, a pastor, Sunday school teacher, whatever, what did Jesus say? Well, look at Mark chapter 1. You know, and all of these scriptures I, I have underlined because these are scriptures that I use when I'm witnessing. God said in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. I don't ask anybody to agree with my view on prophecy. They're still discussing whether, you know, Russia is going to invade a train. I can tell you, based upon God's word, they are. Today, next week, I don't know exactly the time, but they're going to invade Ukraine. And when they take over Ukraine, their next target is Israel. I get excited about that because when that happens, Jesus is on his way. Now, I don't ask anybody to believe that, but I believe it and I can take the prophecy to my understanding and to know that there are certain things that will happen. But Jesus said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. See, in our day of compromise, we see many Baptists, so-called Baptists, saying the name Baptist is not important. And there's probably a lot of Baptists that don't feel that the name Baptist is important. I hear 
church members and church people say, well, the only reason John was called Baptist is because he baptized people. Not a bit of truth in that. John was called Baptist before he had baptized anybody. That's Bible. If it is not, why is our history full of Baptists? Is it not important? Why did God call John the Baptist? The is a definite article. I can't say that I am the James, the Henrietta, because there's a lot of people named James, a lot of people named Henrietta, but only one man did God name Baptist. That was John. Take away the name Baptist and you take away history. Multitudes died because they were Baptists, not members of some no-name church. Trail of Blood is a very hard book to read. But it's so important that we had that little Baptist book enlarged so that it's easy to see and easy to read, and you will see that the trail of blood were Baptist heads on stakes all up and down the road. Why were they killed? Because they stood for the word of God. Multitudes died because they were Baptists and not members of some no-name church. If there was ever a time that Baptists need to know their history or where they came from, it is today. The sister Ann Swallen did some, you know, roots, and she gave me a couple things, you know, and it. It shows from this point to that point. And very interesting. But I can take that and thank Sister Swallen for her labor of love. Thank her for giving it to me. And, and uh, But I want my Baptist history. I want to study me from the time that Christ saved my unworthy soul and 50-some years later, am I still Baptist? Am I still standing for those things I stood for as we opened the mission up down in Hebron? Secular history would have us believe we Baptists came out of the Reformation. The Reformation is where the Protestants had their beginning. They left the Catholic Church. They reformed. Baptists have never reformed. We still believe what we did when that first church was built. 
Sadly to say that the average contemporary Baptist is ignorant concerning our heritage is likely a gross understatement because I'm not interested in the past. The only thing I'm interested in, Pastor, is that I was lost. Jesus saved me. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. You know, if uh, I've really understood what my mom and dad went through, I'd probably appreciate them better than I did. When you appreciate what God has done for you and what he sacrificed, that he gave his own son so that we could have life and that we could have it abundantly. You know, these are the things that we need to uh, understand. We need to understand it. The prophet Jeremiah said, ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? We need to ask for the old paths. Me included, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, we wish we could go back to waste some things were. So there's some simple things that we need to know. We need to know the gospel. And the gospel means good news. We must turn from our own thoughts and ways and believe the gospel. You can't be saved unless you're willing to turn. You've got to be willing to go from this group of beliefs to this group of beliefs. What did the Word of God say in John chapter 8? John chapter 8 and verse 24. I say therefore unto you that he shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, he shall die in your sins. What is God saying there? Well, if you read the whole chapter, we picked out that verse. But what it is, he says, I say therefore unto you that he shall die. In your sins, for if he believe not that I am he. If we don't believe that Jesus is the one that died for us, was buried for us, and arose for us, we will die in our sin. All the sin that was in my life and still in my life and in your life, it's, it's because of Adam and Eve's sin. We're born a sinner. Even though I'm saved, this body still craves sin. This body will never go to heaven. Sister Jean, I mentioned just briefly, she said that, uh, talking about the cemetery, you know, said, uh, your mom is not Still there, is she? She's never been there. Never been there. 
The body was put there. But the moment, the very moment that my life's breath is taken, I will go one of two ways. We must fully believe to the point that we're willing to act on our beliefs and cry out to God and ask him to save us by faith. See, fully believe. You remember Festus? Almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. I've had people in revival services tell me, I almost came forward tonight. Almost. Doesn't happen. That's an emotional statement. I almost. When God quickens a man, he's saved. And he may never join a church, but his life is different. God said in Romans chapter 10, this, this last group of scriptures, I mean, you know, that's all you need to witness. You know, take that last little page and, and uh, put it in your uh, Bible, you know, front leaf or the last leaf. God said here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, He said, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, I look at Romans and people use some of these scriptures for the Roman road. You know, you just follow the Roman road. Well, part of that false Roman road this is true. That is, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And that thou shalt believe in thine heart. Believing in the heart is different than believing in the head. Believing in the head is temporary. I thought I was saved. I thought I loved you. But see, if you're truly saved, situations doesn't change that. We, here in our next month, two you know, young people will get saved, and I thought you would ask them, do you love each other? They would say, yes. But only time will tell that they truly love one another. I don't say that to be hurtful. You know, person accepted Jesus Christ. I never doubt. I, I don't say, are you sure? I don't want to put no doubt in that. But time will tell you whether that person truly accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because churches are full. We have people that been at Ameren and at Ebron when I was there that come before and go into baptism and maybe come back once or twice and never see him again. 
God said in verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A confession shouldn't be made until a work in the heart has taken place. Isn't that not what he's saying? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. I wasn't saved when I walked down the aisle at Grace Baptist. I was saved before then. See, for with the heart. But once a person is truly saved, you know, you... You ask somebody, and we've had people that, you know, visit here for years that said they're saved. Well, that's the way it should be first. But God tells us here, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's hard to keep it to yourself once God saves you. It's hard to keep it to yourself when a certain person asks you to marry them. People keep it a secret for a little while, but they don't care who knows it. It's a work of the heart first. Verse 11 said, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be a saint. See, I personally, you don't have to agree with, I don't believe in these hidden saved people. You know, I'm saved, but I don't want nobody to know it. Because the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be a saint. That's all I need. It's what God says. God said in the 13th verse, you know, for whosoever shall call upon the Lord, the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon. But when you read verse 13, verses 9 and 10 preceded that. That's why we don't Take one scripture and try to prove what the Bible says. See, 9 and 10 said, If we shall confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart, God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then he goes down to verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We call upon him because he's already done a work in us. We need to understand that. So we come to God through Jesus Christ. Our goal is to get to God. Jesus is the door. So, John fourteen six, we all pretty well 
know that verse. But Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. Now, if you believe that verse, if you believe it, it's easy to read, it's easy to quote. But if I believe this scripture that says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto me, cometh unto the Father but by me. That verse alone, if we use some such reasoning that church membership doesn't save you, doing certain things doesn't save you, stop doing certain things doesn't save you, but we know after we've been saved, we're a new person. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Those old things, that's the old habits. We don't want to do them anymore. We find ourselves doing them, and it bothers us, even though we're confident that nobody knows about it. But God says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That means there's no way to get to the Father but through the Son. And there hasn't been a, enough emphasis put upon that I know y'all that have been members here have because I've put the emphasis. But church, churches, all you got to do is, you know, any Sunday morning, turn to any station and, and you'll hear all of that blasphemy. Got some good in it. But truth and error doesn't mix. So who needs the Savior? We all do. You know, and when I'm witnessing to somebody and they're interested and they're listening, I say I always say these things that I'm telling you from the word of God that you need to do, I've already done them. I was a sinner, just like you, when this conversation started, you said you were lost. I was lost. And I rebelled for several weeks, trying to prove the preacher wrong, trying to nitpick and find fault in those that I would see out in the community sometimes. All the devil was doing was giving me an excuse. But then the Holy Spirit taught me, it's all about you, son. What is your relationship to the Father? So in Acts 17, Acts, the 17th chapter,
verse 30. And the times here in Acts 17, 30, and the times of this ignorance, God winked at. Which means he does pass over that. Because any man that is lost and knows he's lost, the only reason that he does not strive to be saved is he's spiritually ignorant. That doesn't mean he's an ignorant person. So God says, winked at that, said, you know, that's not what is important right now. But now commanded all men everywhere to repent. See, it doesn't make any difference how many times they've been baptized, how many times that they grew up in church and they taught Sunday school and, and I even preached a few times. Verse 31 said, Because he hath appointed a day, listen to me carefully, read this, in which he shall judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he have raised him from the dead. I can't preach assurance into the heart of nobody. That's a gift from God. God showed me that when I heard the gospel, believed the gospel, repent of my sins, accept the Lord as my Savior, was a candidate for baptism and strive to the best of my ability to be a good church member. He showed that. And I would always think like a lot of people do, but what about the past? What about the past? You know what God said? He said, he winked at it. You know what we do? You know, we, we see our children doing something and we sort of winked at it. Then that child knows, you know, that dad understands. But that's not the real thing. Would the parent go back and correct that thing later? Yes. Will God go back and correct that thing? But I wasn't lost because I was drinking. I wasn't lost because I was cursing. I wasn't lost because I was playing cards. I was lost because I hadn't received Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's why I was lost. And the last scripture that I used was found in Isaiah 45, 22. Isaiah said, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. See, when it's all said and done, my salvation began with God, was severe, saved, kept by God. And now I can look forward at his appointed time. I'm going to leave here and enter heaven. All because of him.
Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity.